Hey, what up, Long Beach? We have no time to gild the lily today because we're talking chips. I mean, those big old fat homemade salted tortilla chips, you know the ones I'm talking about, in the clear bag at Vons, they're the best kind. And it seems like all we've been doing is talking chips, covering all the CIF championship games here in the LBC. And we're taking you behind the scenes of that action on this episode of the only podcast covering our schools, their sports teams, and our community at large. And obviously, the podcast is part of our partnership with the Long Beach Post. As always, it's brought to you by the 562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler. I'm Mike Gardabasio, and uh, that Long Beach Post partnership has also produced a ton of education coverage this year, including a flurry of stories this week and next as the Long Beach Unified School District closes a very unique year in its uh, lengthy and storied history. And I'm Tyler Hendrickson, big fan of chips, including barbecue chips. And speaking of barbecue, there's no better place to get it in Long Beach than at Naples Ribco. Longtime sponsors and supporters and genuinely friends of the 562.org and really to all of Long Beach Sports, Naples Rib Company, the perfect spot to get your summer barbecue on without having to stand out at the grill you could just go let Naples do it for you. Bring home a delicious hog pack, feed the whole family, have some nice leftovers, get down to Naples Rib, where the indoor dining is now available once again. If you wanna return to normalcy with an indoor dining experience, head down to Naples and let them know the 562 sent you down there. We talk a lot about how genuine Dave Rossini at Naples Rib Company is, and I wanted to share a quick story that came across uh, my awareness today. Dave did not tell us he was doing this. One of the Millican baseball parents uh, let me know, but uh, Dave and Naples Rib Company donated a dinner um, tonight, the, the day before the championship game for Millican baseball team. They donated a, a pre-championship game dinner to Millican to help them, uh, you know, get charged up and ready for that championship tomorrow. So love, love to see that. Know we're going to see Dave at Blairfield uh, tomorrow. And I think that gives you a sense of how much, you know, they, they genuinely do support everybody. And uh, just want to point out, this is not a Salt Lake City pizzeria. That uh, That's going to hit the day before a championship game. You know what I mean? That's going to be huge and fuel the Rams possibly to a victory. It is that time of year, even though it's never been this time of year. We're never, we're never covering this many championship games in strange places and familiar places for that matter. But we're getting it all for you, like I said doing all of the championship coverage we possibly can before, during, and after these games. Mike just mentioned it, Millican Baseball at Bull Diamond at Blair Field Friday night for the CIF Championship against Arlington. We're going to talk a little bit about their semifinal victory, the dramatic semifinal victory they had earlier this week, coming up a little bit later in the show. But first and foremost, we're going to go chronologically. Last week at Ron Palmer Pavilion on the campus of Long Beach Poly High School, we saw something unbelievable and i know that there's like a classic uh sports broadcaster thing to not say the words unbelievable because you're literally watching it so you should believe your eyes but uh, there were parts of that game where i could not believe my eyes watching the bugs all of the bugs just absolutely ball out in that game and win it going away we were a bit concerned with how the game was going to go and then we weren't anymore almost immediately after the tip-off what a great win for that program. Another win for that program and, uh, and everything that comes with it because to do that on your home floor and to win in such a fashion is uh, unique to say the least. 
Yeah, I mean, it's literally like between the girls and boys basketball teams in Poly, they've won almost 30 CIF championships. That's never happened in the Ron Palmer Pavilion. It's the best. It was so it was so much fun. <laughs> and, like, and it was, and it's like one of those things where, you know, obviously we don't we didn't want that to have to happen. <laughs> the the circumstances that led to the game being in the RPP were horrifying but they already happened anyway. So we might as well get this cool moment at the end of it. And it was very nice to have not only that, it almost felt meant to be, you know what I mean? Just the way that of all the teams of all the seasons, having Kalea bugs as a senior playing for her parents, winning a championship in the gym she grew up in. I mean, you can't write this stuff. Yeah. I mean, and just to, to, you know, you'll hear this more when we talked with, uh, with the Bugs family about that. I mean, I, we've been covering Carl Bugs um, for 14 seasons. Kalea is 18. Um, very literally, I remember her being a toddler in that gym at the first practices that I went to as a sports writer uh, to interview Carl and Lakeisha Bugs. And, you know, and then you fast forward 14 years later, to see her doing what she did in that championship game. But I would also pull it back a little bit more like we did with the Wilson boys volleyball team. I was just sitting there pregame looking at a great crowd in the home gym, thinking about how special it was that, you know, basketball boys, volleyball, especially no shot said me (laughs) about playing those sports this year. And then you fast forward to, wow, these kids actually got to go back on campus. They actually got to play. They actually got to see I have playoffs and then to host that championship um, with, you know, the younger siblings of a number of kids that we've covered at Poly. Um, You know, a couple of the players in the team had older brothers who'd won CIF championships there, an older sister who'd won a CIF championship there, Um, in addition to Kalea's history with her parents and everything. So it it really was – uh, it was one of those nights, you know, I think I'll, I'll remember that for a long time. I think no matter how long we do this, that'll be a, uh, that, that'll be a high point for me for a long time, for sure. Yeah. Record setting shooting from bugs. And, uh, w- but we thought the shooting was going to come from the visiting Esperanza team. We thought, okay, the one way Esperanza comes in here and messes stuff up is if they go like eight for 10 from three in the first half. And then they've got, you know, Polly moving their defense around, trying to do different things, blah, blah, blah. But as I said before the game, if I could pick one coach to get into a team that shoots the ball well, I'm, I'm, picking, I'm picking Coach Bucks. That is without question. Sure enough, they had the plan. They executed perfectly. Mike, you talked talk to uh, all the Bugses after the game. Um, and Carl Bugs, you know, not one for a lot of quotes, but what you got from him I thought was very special. Yeah, he just talked about, um, you know, I asked him, first of all, about the journey of the season, because I was at their first practice and they did not look like they were going to win a, a Division One CIF championship. And he, he, was, he was open about that, about how much work his girls had put in to get them to that point. Um, and I asked him about his daughter and about how special that was. You know, she said after the semifinal game, all she wanted was to win a championship for her dad and make him proud. Um, and yeah, h- him reflecting on what she did as well as the whole season, I thought, uh, I agree, JJ, pretty special. Tell me about that moment between you and Kalea on the court after. I mean, you've had some special moments here, but I would imagine that's got to be you know, pretty high up there. Yeah. You know what? When she was warming up, I saw like a look in her, her, her face. It was a calmness, a confidence, like... We got this. 
I didn't have to ask her or whatever. It's just, I just saw something in her eyes that I haven't seen in four years, right? And at that time, I said, you know what? We're going to be all right. Whatever it is, right? Really? She came out. And you she... never feel like it's going to be all right. No. <laughs> no. No. Because she likes to set the tone for passing and addition and getting others involved. But when you can do it yourself and set the tone and open it up, now they got to play you more. That makes it even easier to get the ball to other people. But she just had this aura tonight that I'm like, we're good. No, we're good. And I'm just happy. I'm just so happy. I'm proud of her. I'm happy for her. Hopefully, at this late notice, this can open a door to some, you know, somebody that wants to, they, they need a point guard, they need a guard, something happens late or whatever, stuff like that. This could be a video that can go out. Uh, so there's still hope on that, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just, I'm, I'm so proud of her. Um, you, I know you talked a little bit about the journey already, but, you know, when we were sitting in there on the first practice, um, I, I would... I have a lot of confidence in you as a coach, but I would not, I would have bet a lot of money against this night happening. Um, what did you feel at different points of the year, you know, maybe that this was out of reach, and then when did you start to feel like, hey, they've come far enough to, to be a championship team? You know, in the beginning, I, I really didn't know. All I know is I have to try to get us as ready as we can be, despite everything. And I, I had to identify, I had my starting five. And I like, okay, the, the others are learning, but we have to make sure our starting five is, is solid and then try to bring and develop some youth along the way. We tried to, we tried different, different ones and some could retain things better, and, but they were just young and inconsistent, especially them freshmen. I never know who was gonna be the next one off the bench. And I say, you know, instead of trying to figure this out, let me just go ahead and get my five solid and then try to get one in a row that can at least be the next one in and try to be consistent with that. And if we can get the two, great. And that's when Skylar kind of stepped up to where, okay. Cause I but, but you know, it, it's just getting that first, first spot of believing themselves right. and letting them know, you guys, we're gonna go as far as y'all carry us. I, I, I was gonna say, it almost does feel like scripted in kind of an almost corny way. <laughs> That, you know, I mean, you have two girls that are younger brothers of players who've won championships. You've obviously got your daughter who's been in this gym since she could walk. Yeah. Um, and then you have Calais come so far throughout the playoffs. But then, like you said, you, you needed the sixth player tonight, scored 11 points, yeah. Which, yeah. which at the beginning of the year was not on the board, right? Exactly. No. Um, no. What, what do you think that says? I mean, I, I know that. You know, you and I have talked about this. It's like you and Keisha and the program is an old school program, but this is an old school result. It's like we want to improve no matter what the result is, right. and it just so happens the result works out, right? Yeah, I, I, I honestly feel like that loss to modern day paved the way for us, you know, to where we had no idea of how we were. We had no idea about our team, period. That butt whooping let us know. <laughs> that we ain't ready for nothing right now. Right. Let's get in the gym and let's get to work. And I think the girls take it to heart, especially the veterans that take it to heart. And it's like, y'all, if we stay like this, oh, this is gonna be ugly. We, we might not win league. We got about it. And I've never set a goal for league, but I start going, man, do we have to talk about winning league now? What? You know what I'm saying? And, but we didn't. We kept, we just kept talking about the big picture. And it comes by real fast, just the big picture. And each day, you just try to get a little bit better. Yeah. Keep building confidence. 
can't give it a little bit better stuff. That's what we did. We also got some of the coolest pictures from any CIF championship we've ever covered, I'd say, because she's just cheesing. Through the entire game, she's dribbling the ball down the floor, and Kayla Bugs has just got the biggest smile on her face. You don't see that in CIF championship games. Kids are gripping, they're emotional, they're nervous, all these things, and she looked like she was doing a glamour photo shoot at Lakewood Mall. Yeah, she just was 100%. She knew, um, you know, you just heard Carl talk about he he saw that look in her eyes, you know, before the game, and she, she, she talked to us about the same thing. She was like, I just knew <laughs> – it was going to go well. And um, I wish I'd seen those photos before I interviewed her because yeah, like I, 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 uh, I sent her a message after we posted the photo gallery and I was like, this is psycho shit. Like, this is great. Like you're killing this team and you're just smiling, like wide smiling in their face. I can't imagine anything more demoralizing than that. Um, but yes, obviously as you'll hear her talk about very special night for she and the rest of the Bugs family. What does this mean to you, having grown up in that gym since you could walk, since before you could walk? What does it mean to you to win a CIF championship on that court your senior year? Um, it's crazy because honestly, when I honestly when I was younger, I made like a goal list with my sister, and winning a CIF championship in state was was on that list. So now being able to like achieve that. It's something very special, especially with my parents coaching. Um, you said, you know, you were talking about this, what you've been dreaming of with your mom and dad and everything. Um, was it everything you were hoping it would be? What did it feel like when you're hugging on the court afterwards? I was just hoping I wouldn't cry because <laughs> I, I, I know that I'm an emotional person. And even before the game, I was like, if we get this win, like, I'll probably cry. I just, I can't, I can't cry. <laughs> so I was just like focusing on that. But yeah, it was, it was fun. It was, it was really fun. What were you thinking about before the game warming up? Um, I was talking to your dad. He said he just saw a look in your eye that, you know, he worries about everything. He said for the first time he was like, we're going to be okay, just based off what he saw. What were you thinking about and how were you feeling before the game? Um, Just trying to be as comfortable as I could be. Um, Trusting my teammates, trusting the system, and knowing that we could play the game that we we know how to play. Not the only special night for a Bugs family. Also, like you mentioned – Brothers, older brothers with CIF championships, uh, Drew Bugs. My, one of my favorite parts of the night was him sneaking onto the floor to make sure he could get some pictures with his sister. That was that was pretty good. If anybody's going to know how to sneak onto that floor, it's probably going to be a former player. <laughs> well, I, this was – so first of all, just we do this in every story. I guess we got to do it in the podcast too. Lily Bugs, no relation to uh, <laughs> Kalea or Carl and Lakeisha Bugs. Uh, the Lily, Chloe – Drew Bugs lineage and now Luke is at Poly. That lineage is completely separate, completely non-related uh, as far as anyone in either of those families is aware. Uh, but it has made it a little bit confusing when uh, <laughs> two out of the five starters for the Poly girls basketball team have the same last name as the coach and only one of them is actually related to him. It's like the Bugs life and the Ants universe. They're just, they're, they're separate, you know, separate entities. They don't intertwine. Yeah. Happen to be around at the same time but not technically part of the same production. <laughs> Separate incidents. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I, it was emotional for me getting to talk to Lily. Um, we covered her older brother, Drew, winning a championship. We covered her older sister, Chloe, winning a championship with the girls team. Um, and she said, you know, that she'd been hearing it a lot uh, from them about, you know, how she needed to join the club and everything. Uh, Nala Williams on the team, also the younger sister of a former uh, poly champion in Zafir Williams. So that was really a theme. And I know they all talked about having heard that. 
it was great that because of the weird timing, um, everyone was there. Drew Bugs was not out playing NCAA basketball. You know, it, it's the end of the school year for everyone. Everyone's home for summer break. So same thing was a fear. Like it was very cool that these girls got to win this championship in front of their whole families. Um, and, uh, you know, here's Lily talking about the, that extra pressure of trying to keep that family tradition going. It means a lot, especially like everyone knows the legacy of volley and how well we typically do. And I didn't want to be the one class that didn't leave with the championship. And then also, you know, my siblings, they've all won. So I wanted to make sure I was able to do that too. How, how, how much are you hearing that from, uh, from Drew and <laughs> Chloe? <for> the... <laughs> I hear it a lot. I, hear it just, I heard it just this morning how I had to <laughs> pull through tonight if I wanted to be like them. <laughs> On a year where you guys have just from being alive obviously gone through so much with the freaking pandemic and not being in school and then the quarantine um did you think it was going to end like this did you have faith or were there times where you're like this season sucks <laughs> well there was a lot of doubt like especially at the beginning of the school year before we even knew if we ha would have a season or not and then once we were able to get practicing and there's a lot of obstacles we had to overcome so it was real difficult and especially hard to like always keep a positive mindset and making sure that we stayed focused through all this but just being able to participate and have this opportunity is really special. So they are in the CIF State Southern California Regional Division 1A playoffs this week. Uh, you heard Carl Bugs talk a little earlier about whether there is or isn't a point to those playoffs uh, with no state championship at the end of them. But uh, they are continuing down that path. And I, something he and I talked about at practice the next day, they are trying to do something special in that winning your last game of the season for a basketball team um, his girls basketball teams are the only teams we've ever covered that have done that. And that does change the whole course of the season. It is how you want to go out. You don't want to go out with everyone crying and feeling sad and hugging each other and wishing things had gone differently. They obviously had their championship moment. And I think what they're playing for much more than that Southern California regional championship is the chance to go out as winners um, and to end, you know, I mean, their last loss was to modern day. You know, as you heard Bugs talk about, by 50 points. They've won every game since then. Uh, none of them have been closer than 20, and they want to keep that streak going. So they did win their first-round state game this week against Hamilton. They are hosting Esperanza, who they beat in that championship on Friday night because uh, tonight, Thursday, is Esperanza's graduation. And then Saturday, they would host a team for that Southern California Regional Championship. You got to just think about that Esperanza team. You know what I mean? Like they, we were talking about how Kaleo was enjoying that moment so much and smiling and almost laughing at the situation and the other team that was Esperanza. And now they're being asked to come back to the room where it happened, the same gym against the same team, Seven, and, but they won their game. Later. They didn't mail it in. They didn't just say like, all right, we're done with this season and they get another chance. So we'll see if they like change something or if it's kind of history repeating itself, but you know, hopefully they, um, they went to Naples rib the last time and they're, they're going to get to go back and that'd be great. You know, get another, uh, another trip back to long beach, but obviously we saw how the, the first game played out, but it'll be a good barometer to see two things. If uh, Esperanza learned anything from the first game and then how different poly is approaching this bracket as opposed to the cif bracket because this is a bracket it, we have never seen before it, it, it was a, i mean it's the same bracket just shorter by a round you know <laughs> by a pretty significant round my absolutely absolutely but the but it's it not is, the same bracket if there's not the same thing at the finish line 
respectfully. It's uh, not but I mean the schedule, the Tuesday, Thursdays, you know, the the three games, wow. five days, the 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 hosting teams from out of the area, um, and even rematching with the team you beat in the championship. You know, those are things that we're accustomed to seeing uh, in that bracket. I'm very curious to exactly what you just said because they did probably did not come out sharp against that Hamilton team. They missed their first seven shots. They really, I wouldn't say it, it looked like they didn't want to be there, but it definitely looked like uh, the championship hangover was in full effect. And because that Esperanza team, I'm sure, is going to come in very hungry <laughs> to try and end their season. And, you know, had Polly lost and were the shoes flipped, I'm sure Polly would be thinking of this championship on Saturday in a much different light. You know, it would be like, we want to win something. We want to end this. We want to end a tournament as champions, whatever. And I'm sure Esperanza feels that way. Because, boy, were they not pleased with how it went last week. Their coach was saying, like, I guess they're a Division One team and not an open division team. You know, he didn't necessarily think they should have been playing them. You know, he's like, they're a buzzsaw. We couldn't do anything with Kalea Bugs. Um, and so, you know, you're a competitive team. They did make it to the Division One championship. They beat Sierra Canyon. They're a good team. I'm sure they've been stewing on it and been, you know, really hoping to get that rematch with Polly. More hardware handed out to those Jackrabbits and the Wilson Bruins at the CIF Southern Section track and field meet. Uh, Tyler and I actually were talking about this the other day. Like sports nowadays is based on resources. Yes, that also means money, but like resources, like what feeder program do you have? How many kids do you have coming into the program? Uh, well, you know, once they get there, what are they able to utilize in order to make themselves better every day in every way? That's important obviously, but there is a sport out there where that does not matter. You just get on and you go and that's track and field. And I think that track and field is the ultimate equalizer in that, in that frame. And it's so cool to see long beach be so dominant in track and field because it's the most base of all athletic activity. And both Wilson and Polly got their time to shine on Saturday. It was pretty special um, to see that the Poly girls won their 21st CIF championship, uh, which now makes them the most CIF championship winning program in the city. Uh, they broke a tie with the Poly boys basketball team, which they were tied with uh, at 20 championships. And then the Wilson boys track team that's been so good for so long, they had not won a championship uh, CIF division one championship in 30 years since 1992 um and so that was really special before we get to the interviews from everyone because there were a number of individual champions a lot of great history at every school um first a shout out to saint anthony who were the runner-up in division four on the girls side and to asia atkinson who's going to cal uh who we've discussed a number of times in this podcast she won three cif championships in individual events uh they were in division four and all the events were all the divisions were at different sites this year so we had no shot to get down to to get from Tribuco Hills to Carpinteria to see that, but a big congratulations to them. And I also wanted to talk about, um, we got the two championship winning teams together, Polly and Wilson for a photo. Um, after they had both celebrated individually, we talked to the coaches, talked to a couple of the kids and we made that happen. And I wanted to talk about that for a minute because I've never had a reaction to an image that we posted like we've gotten to that. I have gotten phone calls from people that we covered 10 years ago. Uh, I have seen messages all over Facebook and our Twitter account of like some people were not to be too dramatic, literally treating this like a, like a truce had been negotiated 
between like warring gang factions or like, <laughs> because that rivalry was so bitter for so long that to see those teams come together after this horrible year to celebrate together, um, I, th- I think it was really emotional for a lot of people. Yeah, it was almost like that meme, you know, where they got the, you know, the, the rags tied together. The rags yeah, tied together. Like, right. I mean, it's not like, <laughs> uh, obviously, we don't want to like trivialize that or make it too dramatic, but it, it did feel like a moment. You know what I mean? When they all came together, it's like we knew it was going to be louder because A, they were all hyped uh, and track kids like just have such um, energy even after they were running in 90 degree heat. Um, There's some of our favorite teams to cover because they just have, you know, so much energy and excitement and enthusiasm for each other. Um, But they're big teams. It was two schools. So we knew it was going to be a loud one up Long Beach, but it was almost like when you hear a choir, like really get into harmony, like it just, the synergy of it was like palpable. You know, I got, I got like goosebumps, twice last week covering sports once was every basically every time Kalea Bugs hit a three after her third one because I knew the significance of it and it was when that what up Long Beach hit like a wave as I'm trying to hold the camera and keep it steady the whole time thinking like oh my god what did we just unleash it was uh, it was pretty magical well and and um you know I I saw people on Facebook like someone's literally look how far we've come you know like it, it it really was great and I think especially in this year that has sort of forced everyone to think about their priorities um but I want to give a huge shout out before we hear from them to you know Crystal Irving at Polly and Neil Nelson at Wilson um because they were both and Crystal tells this story they were assistants when that rivalry was really, really heated. And the two of them were determined to, hey, when we take these programs over, we want to we build this bridge and make this healthy for the city again. Um, and so Crystal talked about that uh, in, in what I thought was a really moving perspective, you know, after, after winning another championship for her. At the end of this pandemic year, to be exact, um, it's been overwhelming. And knowing that we were so limited um, at times where we didn't know if we can compete in meets. And then they said, oh yeah, you could do dual meets. And we know Wilson is the only competition we would have. It was um, just trying to find ways week after week to motivate my team was very mentally tough. This year, it took a lot of mental building, especially because we have none of these kids besides Jade and Destiny have been to the big show. All these kids are newcomers. so. It means it says a lot of the program if we're able to come in all these events and do some special things, especially in the individual events, not just relays, and it really impact the score like it did. Because there were times when I had a lot of students that were training on their own because we couldn't train them, or they were, you know, going to private trainers and then finally just trying to break that habit and trust us, trust the program. We know we can't do much, but I promise it'd be good. Um, and then every time we would get a bit of good news, oh, you can do multiple events. We were off to the races, but time was almost up. The clock had almost struck 12 and the party was almost over. But knowing that um, the students that we have that are young, they learned a lot because they learned to be part of a team. Some of them, maybe in age group track, have been like the sole person or, or always the best person on the track and this year they had to rely on trusting their coaches trusting the training trusting the program to get them where they needed to be so there were a lot of prs today 
maybe not big to other people, but it was big to us. And just to see them come out and rally around the girls after the four by one, because I don't know what happened. I can't really tell you. I just know she said she didn't hear stick, but nerve nervousness right. takes over. And we know that at the end of the day, when your team steps up and they come together to support you no matter what, that's what it's all about. Because we're building young people. We're not just building athletes. Right. Um, how extra special does it make it? I know you and Neil have known each other forever, and obviously all the kids know each other. To have two Long Beach schools on top, you right. know, again, with everything that everyone's gone through, how, how extra special does that make it to, to see the strength of the city? Um, it's very special because when Papa Don was coaching um, and Terry Kennedy was the head coach, Neil and I were the assistant varsity coaches all those years. So, and I know there was times when there was just this huge rivalry and Papa Don didn't want to go to uh, Wilson meets and vice versa. And the first thing I told Neil, I said, when I become head coach, we're coming to California Relays. We're coming to support your meets, and I need you to support us. We need to support each other because that's what it's about. I said, yeah, we rival and we, we rise to that competition, but at the same time, it's Long Beach because I'm from Long Beach, not L.A. Great stuff from Crystal. Obviously, Neil Nelson uh, at Wilson feeling the same way. And he did something, you know, he put his name in the history books to win that championship um, for the first time in 30 years for that Wilson boys team. And he talked about what that meant to him, you know, to see his team step up and perform the way they did, as well as what he thinks it says about the city of Long Beach that we had uh, Wilson go one and the Poly boys go number two on the boys side. This was so crazy because just keeping the kids, and, it, and we're not gonna say a year, a year and a half yeah. of training up, training, not training, conditioning, not conditioning, and the kids just sticking by our side. You know, we send them messages, emails, make sure you're working out, make sure you're sticking with it. I mean, you, you don't understand how this feel. Hard work, and there's two schools in the same city, right down the street from each other. So what does that say about track and field and the work ethic of your guys' coaches and kids? It, it's saying a lot. It's saying that um, the city of Long Beach, I mean, I mean, we're saying it's not like that with every sport, but if you watch you watch Polly winning basketball, CIF, you watch Wilson winning volleyball championship, Long Beach is just a different city. Doesn't, it's, it's a different city. It says a lot, but, but for us to do it, girls and boys, I mean, I think the future's bright. I think we're just gonna keep getting better. And the state of California just gotta watch out. When we talk about Long Beach versus everybody, that's kind of what we mean. And track showed, hey, the programs can both be competitive against one another, but everybody can eat, you know what I mean? So to see the Poly girls win, the Wilson girls three, the Wilson boys win, the Poly girls two, or the Poly boys two. I mean, that just, Long Beach is just special. In, in that sport specifically. And uh, yeah, the programs can both grow together even while being competitors, but the love can help strengthen everybody and the rising tide definitely lifted all boats at, uh, at this year's CI finals for sure. TJ Jefferson, one of those incredible performers for Wilson did something that only one other athlete in the history of the division one championships has done in winning the quarter mile and the 300 hurdles. Um, PJ also ran a very important leg on Wilson's championship four by four team uh, and was also on their four by one team that scored some valuable points as well. But he literally sprinted like more than three quarters of a mile 
<laughs> while including a hurdles race in there and won three championships, two of them individual. Um, so, you know, he talked a lot, first of all, just about how tired he was. I'm feeling tired, mostly. It's been a long day, but I'm glad I got through it and I did the best I could in every event I ran. Well, you guys won by like three points. You personally, obviously, won two events, were part of the 4 by 4 win on the 4 by one um, how much were you thinking about the team result as you were doing your individual stuff? Like, man, if I go from first to second, we might not get this. I wasn't really thinking about the team result. I was thinking about a personal, I was thinking about a personal thing. Like, I want to win this race for me. I kind of forgot that points were involved in this meet in the first place, to be honest. And I was just like, I just want to win my events. I want to win them and be good with myself. Well, whatever you did worked out. Yeah, it worked out eventually. <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even know until before the 4x4. Four four. And my coach was like, if we win this, we win CIF. I was like, what do you mean we win? He was like, points-wise. Like, this was points? Oh. <laughs> um, how, how crazy is that? I mean, the school obviously has such a great track history, but has not won a team championship on the boys' side in 20 years. You I helped know. lead them to that. Are you, are, you, is, are you reflecting on that? Has that hit you yet, or is that That hit tomorrow? me as soon as they said it. That hit me as soon as they said it. I was like, wow, 20 years? That's that's really crazy. That has been that long, considering our boys' side has been good for so long, too. 100%. Then over on the poly girls' side, it was Jade McDonald who had the incredible individual performance. She competed in four individual events. She won two championships, one in the triple jump, one in the 100 hurdles. She also finished third in the 300 hurdles and third in the long jump. Um, insane day. And as you'll hear her talk about, I mean, she literally had seconds sometimes in between these different events, because normally you get girls, boys, division four, three, two, one. So you have a little bit more space, uh, when you're competing in multiple events. And for her, I mean, she was trying to do all four of those in just the span of a couple hours. It's really nice to be honest. Although I was help, uh, hoping to do like a little bit better and like win all my events, I'm still very happy with what I did. And honestly, the only thing I kept telling myself is, "This is your last high school meet. Just go out and have fun." And that's what I did. So it's just I'm really happy right now. <laughs> um, I know you're a Long Beach girl, and I know you have obviously had a circuitous high school route yeah. how cool is it to win a cif championship at poly and to have the other long beach school in wilson do so well too it just kind of felt like a citywide celebration today yeah it was awesome honestly because i grew up in long beach i've lived in long beach my whole life minus the year that i lived up in calabasas so the fact that we won and the fact that i that we won a poly title and i'm going to be graduating from poly and all that and my brother graduated and my cousin graduated i'm just excited so yeah um how, how hard was it i mean it's obviously hot and then it was a really compressed meet because the other divisions weren't here how hard was it for you to manage doing four individual events it was a little stressful not gonna lie <laughs> like I, at triple jump i was like thinking about 100 hurdles so i had done no warm-up i didn't warm up at all i had Right before my race, I went over like one, two hurdles, and then I had to hurry up and then go, and then I had barely any time after my um, 100 hurdles before the threes. So my legs, if I would have had like 10 more minutes, maybe the outcome would have been different, but it is what it is. I'm For happy sure. with what I did. Well, congratulations.
And also worth noting, both of those athletes are headed to Iowa next year. So they'll be they'll be teammates in the middle of the country as Iowa's building kind of a, a Long Beach pipeline uh, in the track and field program over the past few years. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, you know, kind of funny. They had Marie Harris uh, from Wilson, very successful out there. Um, they've got some people out there currently as well. So there's some there's some people at UCLA. There's a ton of people at Iowa. We had a Nebraska commit this year as well. That Long Beach uh, track takeover continues nationwide. But it was not just uh, Polly and Wilson who had a great day at the championships. Uh, Xavier Hurd, uh, our guy Big X from the Jordan football team, completely rewrote the school record book in the discus um, and had a great individual finish uh, in both the shot put and the discus at the championships. Didn't get a chance to catch up with him, did the interview by phone later, so we don't have audio, but... Salute to X, salute to Samara Monroy at Milliken, who had two second place finishes in the 200 and the 400. She continues to be one we're very excited about as she comes back uh, in the Moore League for her senior season next year. Um, but Cherish Washington from Lakewood, making big time history, won a CIF championship in the shot put and had her teammate Samaria Usher finish second. She also took second in the discus, uh, did Washington, which th those two performances put Lakewood in a tie for fifth place as a team on the girls' side uh, in Division One, which is pretty crazy. That means that with Polly, Wilson, and Lakewood, the Moore League had three of the top five teams in Division One on the girls' side, as well as the top two teams on the boys' side. You obviously could not even suggest that about any other sport uh, in the city at this point with teams competing in the top division. But Cherish talked about how much it meant to her to represent Lakewood. I mean, it's it's everything to me, honestly. I'm really passionate about the sport. Um, I hope it just like brings people, it makes more girls want to do it, honestly. I hope that me representing for Long Beach and Lakewood and everything makes more girls from my area want to come and do it. You're right, because it's been, we have a lot of sprinters and we have not had as many throwers. <laughs> and for you guys to go one, two, especially, how much more special did that make it to, to do it with your teammate? It's really special, honestly. I'm glad that my teammate, who is Samaria Usher, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that uh, I was able to have her as a teammate and have her compete with me and get this far. Incredible day for the city. Yeah, and I also just thinking about that, three of the top five girls teams from a city that literally had to wait longer than everybody else to be able to practice together. All, all those Orange County teams can run as around as much as they want, but uh, but Long Beach runs track, pun intended. So finally, we got to talk about Millican baseball. Like we said, bowl dominant Blair Field is the site for the final against Arlington on Friday night. But on Tuesday, the Rams looked amazing in a dramatic win over Hart that uh, looked familiar, Tyler. Obviously, you've been on the road and followed this team through the playoffs and they've got a recipe, and the recipe is delicious, especially when lefty junior Miles Patton is up there spinning it. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good place to start. You know what I mean? It's like uh, it's like saying, all right, we're going to use Nutella in this, and then you're like, oh well, I can already tell it's going to be good. <laughs> so if you've got if you've got a, a left-handed ace that doesn't walk people and strikes out basically two batters an inning, 
you know, you're, you're already, you're already feeling good about your prospects, but I mean, that's just what miles Patton has become in these playoffs. You know, I mean, he was, he was impressive all year. You know, the first time I saw him pitch against Polly, it was in a one, nothing loss against the Jackrabbits um, kind of at the start of league play. But I said, you know, that Milliken pitcher looks good. You know, I think, I think the Rams have a chance um, and he's just gotten better and um, you know, credit to that coaching staff, you know, a really, a, a really great coaching staff over there at Milliken, uh, you know, alumni uh, heavy through and through uh ron keister the head coach uh the pitching coach kevin gale's done a great job with that staff um and and, you know you've got the former head coach dan peters who's uh you know words of wisdom are invaluable in that dugout and uh, it's just a special group and i could tell kind of from the first game um when they they took on mary star and they won comfortably and i was like yeah i mean milliken's looking good they were able to bring Patton back for the second game and that for me was the hurdle they really needed to get over because Torrance was coming off a bye. They had a very good record. They were a league champion. You're going on the road. Um, and, and Patton had already thrown a game. And, and they go shut out a team that had never been shut out. And so from that point, you kind of felt like, I think this team's got something going. And, um, you know, they, they, they took down the top seed. And now they are firmly in the driver's seat. They've only lost four games all year. Three of them were in league play. And uh, it's just, they, they got the fixings. That, that's all I can really say at this point. And they just need one more win to get that ring. Absolutely. Miles Patton looked so good in that semifinal. From the jump, struck out the side in the first and third inning. Ends up striking out 12 in six-plus innings of work. Very efficient. Obviously, we have to mention the two-out hits. But before we get to that, I think that we have to talk about the play that Daniel Murillo made at shortstop. Well, it wasn't really made at shortstop. It was made in left field. So Hart has the top of their lineup coming up in the sixth inning. They've got two runners on in scoring position, one out, a bloop shot into left field that Murillo, Keister, Seha, and Patton all said, I thought it was down. I thought, I thought it was a hit off the bat for sure. Somehow, Murillo gets there, makes the catch, turns around and has the wherewithal to double up the runner at second to end the inning, end the threat, and pretty much end the chances that Hart had to get back into that game because all of the momentum immediately went to Milliken from the field to the stands and back. It was such, such an incredible moment. So I caught up with Miles Patton after that game to talk a little bit about how he was feeling on a very a very familiar mound at Bull Diamond at Blair Field, and then how it felt to be out there during a play like that. Take, taking the game ball well-deserved from Big Niner. Obviously, coming out early innings, you looked like you felt absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I just felt really focused. Just my pitches hitting my spots, you know, just keeping the off-speed going, just keeping them off balance. I felt like I was just really confident. I just know everybody behind me, you know, they're going to be on their very best defensively. I can trust them to put the ball in the strike zone and let them hit it. Yeah, you can let them hit. They also kind of – the matchups were good, right? Like yeah. three of their top four hitters there are lefties. You're just working that breaking ball down and away. Uh-huh. Like he was giving it for you for a strike early on. Yeah. You, you must have been like, okay, I can kind of go deep in this game. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. After the first couple innings, I say, I just like – I realized I was getting my groove. And usually if I have a little slip up, it will be in the first inning. That will be usually when they get to me. And so I you know I got past that, got, got through the first few innings. I'm just feeling really confident. Just keep going deep in the game. Just go as far as I could because I know I'm going to keep throwing strikes, stay focused, and just keep doing me. 
Yeah, at any point, were you kind of looking at what was going on on the other side, though? Like, you guys put runners on, you know, you got some action, but then those double plays and everything. Yeah. A little bit frustrating and all, knowing that they, you guys should have got on the board first, but they did. Um, uh, Yeah, it's frustrating, but, you know, that's all we can ask for, just putting pressure. You know, sometimes they're going to get lucky and we're going to hit balls right to them. So, you know, all you can ask for is just trying to get runners on, and eventually it's going to break through, and that's what we've been doing all postseason, and it's worked for us very well. So, sixth inning, they got the top of their lineup coming up. You kind of felt like that was like, you know what I mean? They, here they come, right? Yeah, that was, that that's was their shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they got runners on, one out, ball gets hit up. Did you think Rio even had a chance to get that thing? I on, I didn't think. I thought it was going to drop. I thought it was going to be in the left field, and the left fielder was going to get I didn't. I thought there was no way he was getting there. And I, I was like, because I, I, I looked at him and I saw him stop, and I was like, I didn't see the ball hit the ground. He must have got it. And then I seen him turn around and throw it a second. I was like, seen the runner way off. I'm like, Oh my god, we're gonna be able to get out of this. Like, oh my god, this is amazing. And we finally we just it was magic, it was magical, really. That's the only way I can describe it. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, the, the whole run has been magical. Yeah. I, I mean, how are you guys feeling? Like, you know what I mean? When you get going as a baseball team, it feels different than any other sport. Like, mm-hmm. you guys just feel so good right now. You feel mm-hmm. all put together and everything. Yeah, I feel like you know, early in the season, like we had a couple of losses, you know, we got behind and I feel like we just kind of got discouraged and almost gave up. But you know, lately, just these past few games, I mean, we've been ahead so far but this game we were behind to start you know i feel like nobody in the dugout felt like it was over not a single person not a single coach nobody thought it was over i know all, everybody here just knew that we have the potential we have great hitters you know we can get back in this game in a couple pitches really and so i know I, we didn't get discouraged we just stayed up and stayed confident in ourselves and believed in ourselves and just put it together really well one of those two out hits that helped Milliken win that game came from catcher Troy Harding, who had quite an interesting day, I have to say. So Hart was running all over the Rams, four for four in stolen base attempts throughout the game. But Harding comes up with one of those two outs hits to make sure that the Rams are putting up some runs. And then in the seventh, fifth stolen base attempt, Harding gets the runner. You got to have some sand. You know what I mean? To stay in it like that and just keep doing what you know is the right thing to do, hoping that eventually it goes your way. He makes the throw, Bilal Ali, with just the pick of all picks down at second base, running into the bag, sliding into the bag, I should say, uh, makes the pick and puts the tag down to make that happen. I actually got a chance to talk to Troy Harding on Thursday morning while it was raining inexplicably also raining at the, in the middle of June at a baseball practice. But, uh, but yeah, talk to Troy Harding a little bit about that, how he's feeling, how the team is feeling and what it's like to be on a long beach team playing a championship in long beach. When all of long beach baseball community has got your back off the field, just at home and just hanging out and stuff is like, how are you feeling? Like you nervous? You know what I mean? You like pacing around the house. Uh, I try to not think about it as much as possible just cause like, the more you think about it, the more like it builds up. So if you think about it less, then it's not a big moment. And you just do what you do best, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, have you thought back about the semifinal? Have you like replayed it in your head? You know what I mean? Or are you kind of like flush it, move on? Uh, I replayed it the day after. I mean, the day of, just like kind of thinking about every single play, like what we could have done better. And like that one uh frame that we didn't get that that guy walked on the first walk of the yeah so Patton's first walk so you're after all that happened on that day you're thinking about that one pitch that you could have framed a little bit better yeah I was I was a little frustrated that the ump didn't give that one to us so it was kind of (laughs) annoying but what was it like playing at Blair Field in such a big game uh it felt really good to like every time you got a hit or like a good play happening you just hear the roar of the crowd behind you and it just felt like like a big league game almost and it's kind of cool yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. What do you expect it to feel like for yeah. the final? I think it's going to be like 
triple that what it was at semifinals. So it'll just be pretty fun. I'm gonna try not to look back in the stands at anyone, <laughs> just to focus on the game. Yeah. Do you think that there's a big like home field advantage there for you guys, especially because they have to come so far and you're so familiar with it? Yeah, we're gonna definitely have a home field advantage because there's gonna be like two thirds of the stadium is gonna be our fans. So yeah. It'll be really fun. So in that semifinal game, they were running on you. Is that yeah. frustrating to be back there knowing that they're going to run and you're not be, not able to stop it? Yeah, I was a little frustrated because, um, I don't know, like I felt like I was doing everything right, but I looked at the video footage after. I just wasn't getting the right push off from my back leg, but I'm going to work on it um, today, actually, and then I'll be able to do it tomorrow. So how do you stay focused to be able to be able to get that last one? Pretty much the most important base runner of the yeah. entire game. How do you stay focused that whole game to make sure that you're ready to get that guy? Um, I just tried not to think about the past three or the past four, I think, and just focus on the next play that's going to happen, and it worked. And Ali was able to pick it. He did a phenomenal job at that. Yeah, so Coach and I were talking after the game um, about the history and the alumni and all that stuff and how important that is. It's been a long time since you guys have been to the final, yeah. but it feels like those guys are still around, you know, the Gallows and all, all those dudes. Yeah. What does that mean to you guys that the alumni base is so strong? Uh, it feels pretty cool because, like, you know, they – I think they uh, lost in 2001, right? Yeah, so, like, to see, I mean, if we get a dub, then, like, they're going to feel pretty good about it and know that Milliken is still a good program and, like, that they went there, too. They'll be proud. Yeah. Like, are, are these some of the biggest games you've ever played in your life? Yeah, these are some pretty big games. Of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do you stay calm, cool, collected, and, cl and in the clutch? Uh, I just try to think about the next play. Don't Don't think about anything that happened in the past and, like, you just got to focus and not look at the people behind you in the stands and just focus on the play that's happening. Finally, I also talked to Coach Ron Keister. Uh, Tyler already mentioned him and the coaching staff and how important that alumni base has been. So I talked to him on Thursday a little bit about what that's been like and obviously what it's going to be like taking on Arlington back at Bull Diamond at Blair Field. How are you guys feeling? How's everybody doing after that game? Uh, excited. Just kind of enjoying the moment. They're able to go to graduation that night. Probably had one of the better nights of their lives. Uh, the community, the school, uh, everybody's really getting behind them and supporting them. And our kids just feel great about the opportunity and looking forward to going to play tomorrow night. Let's see what, what happens. Yeah. How do you keep the kids focused? It's hard enough to keep kids focused, but now with everything going on, how, how do you do that? I don't even try. <laughs> like, there's, there's so much that's going on that I can't pinpoint what I need to, to, uh, to try and take their focus away or focus on more. So it's really when they're here, they've been good all year about staying focused at practice. And they're good kids, so when they go on the outside, I don't really worry about them for the most part. So, But there's a lot of things that are taking it away just because it's the end of school. It's COVID. It's everything. And they've hand handled it really well, obviously, with how far they've gone. Playing it at Blair Field is something very, very special. And you guys got the taste in the semifinal. Is that almost better to get the taste in the semifinal? And so it's not as big a deal that you're going to play a playoff game there and it's the final. You know what I mean? You, you almost have a little bit of an idea of what it's going to be like. I, I think it does. I think it, it's going to help us. Uh, that way you're not overwhelmed because we've played there. We've had guys that have played multiple games there. Um, and I'm hoping that's to our advantage. But you can make the argument my guests are so excited to play that it's great being a new advantage. So I'm, I'm going to say yes, it, it's going to be an advantage to us but i i don't really know <laughs> yeah so when you go into a game like this do you try to learn as much as you possibly can about arlington you know a team that's far away you know maybe, yes. maybe you don't see them or whatever but like yeah you, you're like scouting as much as you possibly can but yeah we're talking to coaches that played them i'm sure they're talking to coaches that played us and we'll have both have a good idea about 
what each other's strengths and weaknesses are and you try to exploit them, but it's still going to boil down to what you do on the field. Getting two two-out base hits, it's, it's going to kind of come to something to that. Whoever's able to do that, capitalize on, on that, is going to probably be the team that wins. But. Yeah, I was just talking to Troy, speaking of guys with uh, two-out base <laughs> hits. Uh, he's, he's a good kid. You know, a lot of kids might have folded when things aren't going your way. You know, they're running on him. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Then he comes up with a big hit, and he also throws out the most important runner of the entire game. Yes. Has he been that kind of guy for you guys all year long? He's been that kind of guy. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. He's last year at the beginning of the year, he played one game. He was hurt for the first 11 games, so we got to play one game. Um, and he, we saw a maturity in him at that point last year. This year, he's just, he's, he's quiet, but everything he goes about is in a professional way. And the kids on the team, they kind of, when he says something, they listen because they respect him. He's been doing this. Nobody works harder than him. Nobody has to go through the, the stuff that he has to endure, endure being a catcher. And really, he doesn't, he, there's never a complaint. There's never, it's always positive. He's, if you look at him long enough, you're always going to get a smile on his face. So he's, he's a fun kid to have, but he's that silent leader that we've kind of relied upon this year. Yeah, and an important job, obviously. You know, he catches two pretty good pitchers in, uh, in Patton and Murillo, but very different pitchers, right? Like, they're the very different styles. So do their styles change anything for you guys, or is it just hand the ball to this kid and just, and just let him go? It's really hand the ball to this kid, and Coach Gale does a really good job of knowing when to call which pitch and what situation and what's working for the guys that day. And then he relies upon Troy to give him an honest opinion, saying this is what's working, this isn't working, this is what the umpire is doing. So it's really a, th a relationship that the pitcher catcher and the, co the pitcher coach has at the same time. So what are you expecting from Maria? Uh, exactly what he's given us so far this year. A guy who's going to throw us those strikes, or, and he's going to be playing some shortstop too, uh, just go out and... He's another quiet leader that we have on this team, and he goes about his business in a very professional way. Um, and kids see that, and because he's working hard, they're they're going to be working as hard as him. And he's been a really both of them are really great role models for the younger kids. And they the, you see the younger kids kind of listening to them whenever they speak. We talked a little bit about it after the semifinal, but the strong alumni base. You know, you say something like "haven't been to a final in two decades," and you would expect not a lot of people to be back from that team or know anybody from that team or all that stuff. But you've got like family members on that team, a patent on both teams. Like that's really really cool. And you you were saying it was important. How, how important is that? It, I, I think the four coaches have been getting texts from alumni and friends and family sometimes that we haven't heard to it from in years. And it's just an alumni saying, hey, great job. We've been following you, looking forward to it. And they all end with, hey, we'll see you Friday night. So uh, it's just a really good base of guys that have something in common, which is Millican baseball. And when we get together, it's always because baseball was such a great part of our lives. We were able to talk and have a great time and enjoy each other's company. And now it's great that we're focused on one baseball game and how all those guys kind of focus on these kids. Uh, and our kids have seen a small doses of it, but I think Friday night they're going to see a much larger version of it. I'm wrapping up this episode one more time. Got to shout out the sponsors, Naples Rib Company and Ocean Law Center. Everybody on the website is important, including those sponsors and you, the subscribers. We need you guys. The Long Beach sports community needs you guys. Thank you to everyone who subscribes. And if you don't, please do and spread the word about the 562.org, giving you everything Long Beach sports and the community at large. We'll see you guys in the stands. Take care, Long Beach.